0: Hi, I'm talking today with Brad Pellman, the owner of Pellman's Automotive in Boulder, Colorado, and Trish Sarator, Senior Vice President of Communications for ASE, and I thought it would be a good time for us to kind of get a an update on, on where they are on a lot of programs. But before we get started, Brad, I want to start with you. You are a shop owner in Boulder, Colorado, but you're also the treasurer, I believe, of the ASE Board of Directors. Is that correct?
1: That is correct, yep.
0: You've got quite a history. I think you've sat on pretty much every board available in the industry by now. I know you've been doing quite a bit. You were the chairman of ASA Colorado as well, weren't you?
1: Yeah, I think three years on as chairman in ASA Colorado, possibly more. You kind of lose track. I sat on the board for CCPN for a while, and I've been with ASC on their board of governors and now on the board of directors as treasurer. I'm going to say six years, seven years at this point. I'm not positive.
0: Well, so you've invested quite a bit of time in volunteering for the industry, and we thank you for that. Uh, That's the kind of involvement I think we all need. As long as I'm talking to you, how's business in your area? I know we've started to open back up. How's Pellman's Automotive
1: doing? Business is picking up now. Our city was on lockdown for about six weeks and uh, when it was on lockdown it was pretty desolate around town there was nobody driving and our traffic coming into our business had pretty much ceased because people were told not to go out unless it was 100 percent necessary so you know unless they needed their car it didn't matter if it was broken down or not you know it was a problem for a while we didn't get our ppp loan on the first round and then on our second round we did achieve the ppp loan which was fantastic I was able to offset my employees pay and bring them all back to where they should be on target for the year which is great. My biggest concern really is my employees and now that the city has opened back up, we are cranking again. We are actually scheduling two weeks out so people are back and they're supporting small business which is really exciting.
0: Well, that's great. You know, I've been hearing that same description of how things are from a lot of the shop owners I'm talking to around the country. Everybody had a kind of a rough patch there for a couple of months. Most said they were down about 30%, but like you, they said the business is bouncing back nicely, so that's great to hear. Let's get into the, the meat of the conversation here. Again, I wanted to kind of bring everybody up to speed on what's happening with ASE. And Trisha. can you give us a little bit of overview on the current status of ASE? I know the testing has begun again, right?
2: Yes, we're really excited that, that Prometric was able to open up their test centers again Fortunately, automotive service is considered an essential business, so we were one of the early clients of Prometric to have availability for the technicians to come in and test at the test centers. Now, not every single test center is open, so we do encourage you to go to the Find a Test Center and check the seat availability on the ASC website before you register. That way, you can be sure that the test center in your area is open and has seat capacity available for you. Because Prometric is trying to really make sure that the safety of our candidates is primary. They're doing all of the sanitizing and making sure that when you come into a test center, there's social distancing with you and the the test center staff. And when you go in and take your test, the carols will be wiped down before, after, during, making sure that everybody is taken care of in a safe manner. The other important thing to note is if you are going to test at the Prometric Test Center right now, since they're open and ready to go, bring a mask because they won't let you test if you don't have a mask.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Are they doing any kind of social distancing? Or I guess the way computer-based testing works, people are kind of divided up anyway, right?
2: Yes, but they do have, as you enter the test center, you know, they have the X's on the floor to make sure that both you and the the test taker and the staff are separated appropriately. The staff will be wearing masks. Again, you have, as a a technician, need to wear a mask. You know, they'll ask you to do your pockets and check your glasses and all, but they won't touch you, and obviously, and, and, you know, there'll be the appropriate distance between you and them while you're doing that. And you're right, the carols provide social distancing in and of itself, but- they are also limiting some of the seat capacity so that there, if it's a large test center, for example, it's not overwhelmed with every seat being filled at the same time. Hmm.
0: Well, I know ASE was taking care of their technicians by extending some deadlines too, didn't they? Can you explain that to us?
2: Sure. So we know that, you know, a lot of technicians were furloughed or couldn't get to a test center because we were closed. And we wanted to make sure that nobody lost their certification credential because of This situation, which they had obviously nothing to do with. So, what we did was anyone whose expiration date is June, the end of June 2020, that expiration date has been pushed out to December 2020. So, you have a whole other almost six months to complete and get your certification renewed if that's the case. The other thing we did is we've widened the actual testing window. So, normally it was 90 days, but we've extended that. If you register now, particularly, you'll have until the end of September to go ahead and complete your tests at a prometric test center. So we really wanted to make sure that none of our technicians who needed a test or a recertify would be overly impacted by this situation as much as we you know, possibly could do.
0: And I know there's another way to take the test. They have the ASE app and Brad, you and I were talking about that. You've actually used the app, haven't you?
1: How did you like it? Oh, the app works fantastic. ASE has been working on this for about, four years now, and it's really come around and it's and it's actually in place. So it is for renewals only. There's a lot of people that are a little uncomfortable in the testing environment at Prometric, which is fine. It's understandable, but we're just trying to provide other options for our test takers to get out and renew their certifications. So it's actually a perfect time with what's going on in our world. If you go to myaserenewal.com and you download the app, it's a little bit of a different kind of pay structure, but it's a lot of fun. You know, you get sent questions monthly, you get to answer the questions, and then if you perhaps get one wrong, you actually get information that teaches you why the question was wrong and helps you understand what the right answer is. So it, there's a learning portion to it, which makes us all better. I can't say enough about the AIC app. I love it. You know, I do it when I'm waiting in line somewhere, or or when I'm just sitting around bored. It's just a great opportunity. It's and it's just a new avenue for taking your tests and staying certified.
0: That's important because you own a Blue Seal shop, I know, where, what, 75% or better of your technicians are ASE certified. And I believe three of them are masters last time I looked.
1: Yeah, I encourage all of my technicians to be master certified. I pay, I pay for their ASEs when they pass them. My pay structure revolves around ASE certifications so that they're rewarded for taking the test and becoming more knowledgeable. So yeah, I think ASEs are crucial in today's age. We are constantly interviewing and trying to find top quality talent. And it's another certification that they can show us that says, hey, I understand the knowledge. I can read a question and I can figure it out in my mind and I can answer the question and that means something. Granted, there's still a mechanical aptitude that goes along with our business, but it's a big stepping stone to know that people have the knowledge.
0: Well, that's important. And ASA has always been a proponent of ASE, I know, from the very beginning. And full disclosure, Trish and I worked together at ASE for 15 years. And forgive me if I interchange ASE and ASA, I'll be struggling with that for the rest of my career, I'm sure. But let's go on a little bit more, Trish, back to you. Brad was talking about recruiting. I know one of the things that ASE was doing the last time we spoke was some Spanish translations for some of the tests. How's that coming along?
2: Oh, Tony, it's been gangbusters. The team here, the test development team, just took it on and ran with developing a Spanish language test that's exactly the same as the English test. And we have that for our A4, A5, A6, and our G1 tests currently. And it's really simple. When you're at the test center, you can toggle back and forth from the English version and the Spanish version. So depending on your comfort level in either language, or if you're just looking to understand perhaps a terminology or the context in which the question is being asked, you have that ability to go back and forth So, you know, we don't track that. So we don't actually know how many folks are using it because that wasn't the reason why we did it. We did it to support the technicians who perhaps English is not their first language and are more comfortable, particularly in a technical situation, in understanding the question in Spanish. The board was thrilled with the response and the industry. So we're going ahead and we're doing the rest of them. So right now we have plans to launch the rest of the A-Series and hopefully have that come out again sometime mid-2021.
0: That's great. Well, you know, everything needs to evolve. And ASE certainly has been at the forefront of that. Really, I think it's kind of a unique situation. The organization was founded to improve the technical ability, the quality, and the credentialing of the industry. They've certainly gone above and beyond for that. And one latest example, I know you were also working on something for the advanced driver assist systems technicians, the ADAS technicians. There was some test development going on. How's that going?
2: You know, we're really excited about this particular test because, Tony, this is one of the first times we've decided that we have the experience in developing a credential for the industry in this area. And we're just going to go ahead out and get our subject matter experts, get the industry support, and we're going to put a test out there for folks who are dealing with this system. So, again, just like any other ASE test, the most important thing is to build consensus so we bring our subject matter experts in from the vehicle manufacturers, from the independent shops like Brad, from our manufacturing and parts and equipment partners, and we lock them in a room and say, you can't leave until you tell us what we need to do regarding this test. So we make them do all the hard lifting in creating an ASC test in this ADAS area. So we've had our first workshop and the group put together, it took them all week, but they got a test list together. They're working on actually building, you know, we call it a CAMEL, but just like for the L1 uh, and the advanced level series where we have a somewhat generic system that the questions are written to, the ADAS test is going to have a generic ADAS system that the questions will be written to. I'm not exactly sure yet. The, The group has not come to an agreement on how many tests we'll have or if it will be a master level tests or a series of tests within that and how that's going to work for both the auto and collision side. But They're hard at it, and just like the Spanish test, we're hoping to have something out sometime in 2021, but we're really excited about this because this is such an important area given the liability of the individual, of the shop, um, and certainly the safety and well-being of the car owner, so we're glad to be able to support our industry by offering a credential in this area.
0: Well, ASE has, I think, always supported the industry. I know they're big on the OEM side. You're actually testing a couple of OEM programs now, right?
2: Yeah. We've made some partnerships with some of our OE friends, so particularly BMW and Subaru come to mind. They look to ASC to develop a, a test to help them assess the understanding and knowledge of entry-level students and working folks in those dealerships to allow them to either apply for specialized training or to test out of training that they probably don't need to take given their knowledge that's understood from how they do on the test. Uh, We're also working with several of our vehicle manufacturers to develop what they're calling equivalencies. So if you are already ASC certified in a particular area and you go to work for a particular manufacturer, say Ford, you can then again test out and jump out of a particular entry level class, say electric or transmission, and move on to the next level. So these Partnerships with the OEs allow us to make sure that all of the ASC tests stay current because they are based on OE standards and allow us to offer specialized programs for those companies that require them.
0: And if I remember my press releases correctly, it actually even goes beyond that. Isn't ASE doing something with the U.S. Army now?
2: Oh, this is another one. We're so proud to be serving our armed services here. The Army, as you know, has what's called MOSs. And those, in, in the case of the Army, are dealing with transport trucks and tractors and tanks. And sometimes those skills don't necessarily translate into the current ASE, particularly automobile offerings. And then those Army folks coming out into the workforce, they can't quite pass the ASE test. So the Army said, you know what, we're going to ask you to develop a series of certifications for just us and for our equipment and for our servicemen, which will then ultimately allow them to have a credential. So when Brad's looking to hire his next technician at his shop and this young serviceman from the army walks in with an ASE military certification, Brad can be comfortable that that individual is trainable and has the potential and the attitude to be a great employee and can then take that individual through his or her own training ladder and career enhancement program at the shop. So this is a huge program. The Army is looking to have three different levels, entry level, intermediate, and advanced, and multiple tests within each of those categories based, again, on their equipment and requirements. So, you know, just because we're working at home due to this whole pandemic, we're certainly working harder than ever, and we're pleased to do so.
0: Well, something you just mentioned, Brad, you were talking about hiring some technicians. And I know another function that ASE provides through its ASE Education Foundation, formerly NATEF, is providing credentialing, accreditation, I guess is the word, for STEM programs across the country. And one of the things I wanted to touch on, we've recently lost two tremendously influential individuals who were strong supporters of ASE. One was Don Cipher, a shop owner in Wheat Ridge, Colorado. Brad, I believe he was part of your ASA Colorado group.
1: That's correct. Don was one of our very early chairmen of our board. Wow. And actually, Trish, Don was
0: serving on the board of ASE as well, as I recall, or was it NATEF? I think he was chairman of NATEF.
2: So Don, as just like Brad, I think served on most of the industry boards that were around at the time he was active in that way. So yes, he was uh, on the ASC board and served a number of years there. And because we didn't want to let him go, we made him come over to the NATEF board, again, now the ASC Education Foundation. And he served as the chairman of that organization. And I got to tell you, he brought such a consensus building and he brought the understanding that education in the automotive service technology world is essential. And he really helped move NATEF at the time in that direction. And he also made sure that the aftermarket understood the importance of working with the educational community. You know, at the time, it was very heavy OE oriented. And Don made sure through his association with ASA, Tony, and ASA Colorado, of course, that the aftermarket and the independent service world understood the importance of partnering with the educational institutions in their area. And so I can't compliment Don enough on his efforts um, in that regard.
0: Yeah, he actually was one of the founding members of the Automotive Management Institute, AMI. There you go. Which is the educational arm of ASA. And I think everybody knew Don. I know I've, I've known him, gosh, longer than I care to admit. But Brad, you work with Don's son, Donnie, mostly, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it was evident that so much of Don had rubbed off on Donnie. I first met Don when I was a very young shop owner and he had had an ASA meeting and it was about labor laws and my wife and I went and he welcomed us and you could see his concern for ensuring that young shop owners were learning the things they needed to know to be successful and he was supporting. He really was a great mentor, which is something we should encourage all shop owners to be is great mentors for our younger employees and people who are going to come up in our industry and be great.
0: Yeah, well, he was certainly a mentor of mine, I know, and I was pleased to see. They had a nice memorial for him out in Colorado at a racetrack, I believe. Uh, there was an item on our Facebook page about it.
1: Yeah, I think they started at his shop in Denver, and they a lot of people gathered for that. Unfortunately, I had an ASC director's meeting that day, so I couldn't attend. But a lot of ASA board members did attend. And then they basically had a cruise to Bandamere Speedway which I think is Don spent a lot of his time. But it looked like they had over 100 cars there in the photos and stuff and a really good turnout supporting and celebrating Don's life.
0: Well, certainly a life well lived, and he will definitely be missed. But, you know, there was another giant in the industry that we also were mourning his passing, Jack Pohanka, a name very familiar to those of us who lived on the East Coast from his string of dealerships. But Trish, I don't know if you actually work with Jack, but Jack was one of the actual founding members of ASE, wasn't he?
2: That's right. it's kind of an interesting story, and it goes back to the creation of ASC. You know, as the story we always tell, there was real issues with automotive service repair back in the late '60s to the extent that Congress, uh, and particularly Senator Hart, Bill Hart, convened uh, hearings in DC. to discuss that issue and what to do. And amazingly, Jack Pohanka of Pohanka dealerships here in the area I don't think he probably only had one at the time was a friend of Phil Hart. He sold him a car. So he went to attend these hearings and kind of caught the bug and he just kind of mentally came to realize that he could have some influence in this particular arena. And just like Jack was wont to do with everything he did, he, he built uh, consensus with NADA, the dealers, with the Association of Vehicle Manufacturers at the time. And slowly but surely, he dragged the automotive service aftermarket in with, uh, with him to the extent that by 1972, ASC was established. It was funded, and very shortly after that, gave its first test. Jack never lost his love for ASC. He was our first chairman. He would call me yearly to find out what uh, what we were doing, what was new, how were how were the numbers? To, you know? Did he? Could he help? I mean, he was always available. And then, because you know that wasn't enough, starting ASC with the rest of the founders that he worked with. He decided to support, as we just talked about with Don Cipher, the importance of education and improving that educational experience for young folks coming into our industry. As it turns out, he was the very first chairman of NATEF as well. So both Don and, and Jack share that love of education and, you know, put their stamp on the NATEF and ASC organizations through their influence, their passion, and their desire to give back to the industries.
0: Well, we certainly could use all of that we can get. And I can't think of two individuals who are more deserving of our remembrance and our respect and our gratitude, frankly, for the work they put into it. And it's a pleasure for me to see younger shop owners like Brad and a bunch of others out there who are kind of picking up the torch and going forward to, uh, to make sure that our next generation of shop owners has that same level of passion and enthusiasm that's kind of driven us to where we are. And some things have actually evolved beyond maybe what was originally envisioned. We now have a student certification even right?
2: We do we do We call it the entry, the ASC entry level certification and it's designed to offer students in high schools and post-secondary their very first experience with ASE and to offer them a credential that's based on, their studies and what they're learning in the classroom and what their hands-on activities are in that classroom. So that again, when Brad's looking for that young individual to join his shop and grow and stay with him for a while, he can look for this ASC entry-level certification. We have them in about 10 areas. So they match the ASC professional level series, both in auto and collision and truck. We also have two tests that are specific to the accreditation level, which is maintenance and light repair and automotive service technology, which are a broader scope as opposed to a vertical kind of competency level test. So yeah, and we encourage employers and your ASA members to ask if that young individual coming out of school has that entry level certification, because to Brad's earlier point, it indicates an ability to read, probably an ability to write, and certainly an understanding of the very, very basic information that's required to be successful in any business, particularly ours, as they gain the additional knowledge and hands-on to be a truly productive member of a shop or a business helping customers today.
0: Mm, That program's pretty well established too. It's been around for what, six or seven years now, I believe?
2: Yeah, it's gone through several name changes, but yeah, it's been actually been around since probably the 2000s. Again, in various incarnations, The difference is these uh, entry-level exams are given at the educational institution, not at a prometric test center. So, again, it's a credential for the student coming out of a program as opposed to the ASE professional-level exams with their much more heavier weight on the diagnostic side of the work experience.
0: Hmm. And I know that NATEF, well, now the ASE Education Foundation, provides the accreditation credentials for programs across the country. But the student certification is open to any program, right?
2: Yes, any program, high school, post-secondary, or private institution teaching automotive service technology can participate. I think we had every state last year, and I think we almost delivered almost 200,000 tests to over 100,000 students. So it's huge, and the student receives a certificate and an ASC entry-level insignia, so he has something he can actually walk in and show an employer what he achieved.
0: Well, I want to thank both of you for the time today. Brad, I want to thank you for your service to the industry. You pretty much sat on every board we have, but I also want to thank you for your support of ASA. I know you've been an ASA member for a number of years, and the work you've done with our Colorado affiliate has been great. Again, on behalf of the entire association, we thank you for your
1: dedication to us. Well, thank you. I think it's an honor to give back to the industry and try to help it make it be better. I think it's a great career path, and I've loved my entire time I've spent in it.
0: You're one of the good ones. It's good to have you as part of the family. And Trish, I'll give you the last word. It sounds like ASE is going to be up to quite a bit. Anything else on the horizon or are you guys pretty well slammed at this point in time?
2: Oh, we got a bunch of stuff coming up. We got a new website coming out at some point, probably before the end of the year. So we'll have a nice new clean look when you come to ASE.com. We're also cleaning up how you actually register to take an ASE test. We're moving to a much more of a shopping cart kind of look. So I think it'll be a lot easier for folks to be able to uh, purchase ASC tests and schedule them and get uh, the information they need. So we're excited about that. And you'll hear maybe on our next podcast, Tony, you'll hear more about that as we launch that. And I would just also like to thank Brad Hellman and his wife, Lisa. ASC strength is its board And it's folks like Brad who serve and give their time and volunteer their energies to support not only ASC certification, but the education of our young people. And that's why ASC can do what it can do because of folks like Brad and, and frankly, Tony, like folks like yourself. So we're thrilled to be part of it. And we can't thank you enough for all you do.
0: Oh well thank you. It's a wonderful organization. And like you, Brad, I think it's great to be able to give something back to the organizations that not just helped me and a and a lot of folks like me in the industry in one way or another, but also to provide that kind of support that's going to take us beyond the twenty first century. And I am encouraged by the young shop owners I talk to and certainly the technicians I've had the pleasure to interview. And if they are any indication, we are in very good hands. So Again, thank both of you for your time. We have been talking with Brad Pellman, owner of Pellman's Automotive in Boulder, Colorado, and the treasurer of ASE, soon to be the chairman, I'm sure. We've also been talking with Trish Sartor, Senior Vice President of Communications for ASE. Trish was also the president of NATEF before she moved back over to the ASE side. So Trish, your contributions to the educational and the technical group have been noted and appreciated as well.
2: Oh, thank you, Tone. Great to talk.
0: Absolutely. It's always a pleasure. And I will take it up on those follow-up podcasts. It sounds like things are moving fast and furiously we'll run to try to keep up. So,
2: You bet. Thanks for all your support.
1: Thank you, Johnny.
0: Have a great day, guys. Thanks again.
2: Take care.
1: Bye. Have a good one. I hope
0: you enjoyed today's podcast. If you're brand new to the ASA podcast, or if you've been here before, I encourage you to subscribe so you won't miss some of the great things we have coming up in our future episodes. Just hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and you'll be good to go. If you enjoy our podcast and find our content valuable, make sure to leave a rating and review wherever you are listening to this. And if you're an automotive service facility shop owner listening to this podcast and you'd like to know more about ASA, I invite you to visit our website at asashop.org. I'm Tony Mala and thanks for listening.